The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Talladega Week on Motor Mouse, along with the mayor and Jeff Burton, Hall of Famer, and Dale Jarrett, Jack Collinsworth, my very first show as we get into the NASCAR scene. Now, I may not know everything about the sport just yet, but <laughs> even those football guys know all about the lightning at Talladega. Thank you guys for having me hanging out. I was going to ask, what's at the first, what's at the front of your mind when you're getting ready for Talladega Week? How is this one different? Uh, you're pretty sure you're going to be in a wreck. I mean, I, you know, I mean, honestly, it's, it's so strange. It's like you go to Talladega and, and part of your brain is like, I'm going to win this race. The other part of your brain is like, you're going to get in a wreck. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, um, and really you, you almost just have to accept that, you know, this possibility you're going to get a big wreck at, at, at Talladega, mm-hmm. but you can't go there worried about that. You know, you can try to protect, you can try to ride in the back, you can try to do that and still get in the wreck. But ultimately you got to go through the field to get to the front. So, you know it's a challenge. Uh, you know you might be in a wreck, but it also is perhaps the race that anybody can win, more so here than, than Daytona. Yes. You know, and, and so you know that, too. So there's an opportunity, and there's also a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we've seen, uh, talking along those lines, more drivers that maybe this was the one and only place that they won a race. Uh, yeah. So that just opens it up to so many uh, different possibilities happening. I think whenever I was racing – and it was Talladega week, and especially the morning of the race, I would always say, just somehow let me get to lap 180. So that meant there were eight laps left. That's all I wanted to do, get to that point. If something happened after that, okay, I'll deal with it there. Just give me a chance to be a part of it at the end because it is so much fun and, and so exhilarating. If you get yourself in a position with the possibility of winning and making things happen uh, in those last uh, 20 miles, it's just incredible. Trying to get to that point is incredibly difficult. And we have Motor Mouse family this weekend, too. Harrison making his Cup Series debut. How have you tried to explain to him what he's getting himself into as he heads to Talladega? Well, you know, the biggest difference for, for him is going to be how the competition steps up. I mean, uh, DJ and I both, you know, we both ran the Xfinity Series and worked our way up to the Cup Series. And Xfinity races are tough guys. They're hard to beat. It's twice that many in Cup that are mm-hmm. that hard to beat. So, you know... T- understanding going into the race that who you're dealing with. And also, you know, you're walking into their yard. You know, you need to treat them with respect. They're, they're racing for points. You know, they're racing for a position to try to get themselves in the playoffs or whatever they may be. You know, when you, when cup guys go Xfinity racing, you expect that as an Xfinity driver. You also have to give that as a cup driver. It's hard to do at Talladega. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, if a hole opens and you don't go, then you're never going to have a shot yeah. to, to even hardly have a good finish. So, Really just respect the opportunity, uh, understand the competition level is going to go through the roof, and try to raise your level. That's what this experience is about, in my eyes, for any young driver that's going to go run his first cup race, is to get a feel of what that competition level is like. Because until you do it, you have no idea how difficult it is. 
Dan, what advice would you give a first-time driver? I mean, making a debut period in the Cup Series, but specifically at Talladega. Yeah, I think that Jeff just pointed out the biggest thing is respect those those drivers that you're going in there that do this week in and week out and, and have earned that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the other thing is is that the, even though you want to be respectful of them, uh, don't let them take advantage of you because that's what they're looking at. And, and just what Jeff was talking about there, if there's a hole there, you've got to put yourself in there. Because uh, you, you, if you don't, that opportunity goes away. And then the drivers that you're around realize that, hey, if time, if this happens again, then I can make this happen. I can use this young man uh, at this particular time. Harrison's a smart driver. Uh, he's one that... I don't think that anything needs to be said to him. He understands what it takes to, to get it done. He watched his dad do it for so many years, and and has been around the sport. He watched his his uncle win, uh, you know, at Daytona. So uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good things that have happened within that family that that helps him to navigate through this process this weekend. And Harrison joining the show in just a little bit, so we'll get him on and talk to him, get his exact thoughts if he goes into it himself. Go ahead, Dad. No softball questions now, just because he's family. You throw the fast stuff. Never easy. would, never would. And you guys mentioned this, the chaos that this track can create. Who are some drivers that you like going into that kind of an environment? Oh, gosh. You know, well, so listen, you, you know, as far as, you know, somebody that you wanted to draft with, you know, Dale Earnhardt, if you always want to be with him because everybody assumed he was going to the front. Yeah. And it was all, it was so strange. He was always so fast that people, I don't want to say cut him slack, but they tried to ride his coattails. So if he went to do something, everybody would go with him. Like mm-hmm. he almost never got hung out because somebody was always That's there right. to save him because <laughs> he's going to go back to the front. I want him to take me. And, yeah. and, and the rest of us, when we got hung out, they just chucked us on out of there with no concern <laughs> whatsoever. But, you know, and, it, and there were people, you know, Dale Jarrett, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that because he's sitting here. I mean, he is an incredible racer, an incredible uh, uh, what we then call restrictor blade racer. And so you want to you want to be with smart drivers. Mm-hmm. There were some drivers that just tried to muscle their way. And you know eventually there's a good chance they're going to be in a wreck. There's other drivers like DJ mm-hmm. that race more with their brain than they did their right foot. And you felt more protected around them. You felt like they weren't going to put you in jeopardy. They were going to be aggressive when it was time to be aggressive, but not until it was time to be aggressive. And some of those other guys, as soon as the green flag dropped, there was no understanding that there was still 188 to go. Like, yeah. we still got a ways to <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> How about yeah. you? Yeah, I, I, I always found it interesting that the one guy, and I'm speaking of Dale Sr., that didn't need anybody's help to win these races got the most help. I, I'm like, why are we doing this? You know, we Time after time. Because he, he could do it on his own. He was incredible. He taught us all how to race that. It wasn't by sitting down with us and telling us how to do it. He showed it. If you paid attention, you would see what he did that made him so good. That didn't mean you were able to go do it and beat him, uh, but you could occasionally make it work and make it happen. Um, as interesting as it is, Dale Jr. followed suit. I, I don't think this was something, you know, I, you always wonder, you know, could you, was it in the jeans? I don't know what it was, but it was incredible. If you switched them in the race cars and didn't tell anybody, I don't know that we would have known the difference, uh-huh. in, in my opinion, that both were that good. And the, the guys that I look at now uh, that are similar to, to Dale Sr. and Dale Jr. and being able to make this happen are Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. They, they seem to be the two best. They go at it in different ways uh, because Logano is all about getting out front, 
blocking, doing everything, taking every chance that he needs to. And then he's just methodical. He's going to be there. And he gets that help like you were talking about Del Sr. got. He gets that because he is so good and people know that he's going to end up at the front. And, J Jack, one, th one thing that, you know, we hear drivers all the time, and we just said it a little while ago, anybody can win this race. Yeah. But most cases, anybody doesn't just win these races. It's the people that yeah. normally win the races, right? You, yeah. you, think as, you think that it's just it's the same for everybody, right? It's Talladega. That's the equalizer. Well, no. If you look at the stats, it doesn't suggest that. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, Denny Ham, the people that we just talked about, they won a lot of races. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they were lucky. Yeah. It's because they knew what they were doing. They had fast race cars, but they knew what to do with it. And and it's really easy to say it's just it's just a, you know luck of the draw who wins these races. No, if you really look at the stats and you look at people that could do repeat wins, DJ was one of them. There was a reason. There was a reason I didn't. I won one in my entire career. I won one. Mm. It wasn't because I was unlucky. It's because I wasn't as good at that. I, I want to run you guys through this list of power rankings right now because it was interesting to me that Denny Hamlin winds up being number one despite not having a win so far this year. Now, he has lived in the top five. What do you make of that, Dale? you agree or disagree? Uh, well, I respect Dustin Long, who does this, and, yep. and I appreciate his efforts and what he does. I can't necessarily always agree because, you know, I look at things a little different sometimes. I just don't know how. The only guy that's won two races this year mm -hmm. is how why he's not ranked number one. That's Martin Truex Jr. Uh, at, versus a guy in Denny Hamlin who hasn't won yet. Now, Denny's had an incredible year to this point, but it hasn't been to victory lane, so I don't know how you rank that. My other one would be down towards the bottom there in ninth is Kyle Busch. He just hasn't had the season. Is he a top 10 driver? Obviously. Uh, he, you know, he's a top 3 driver uh, mm -hmm. if everything's going right, but it hasn't been going that. But uh, yeah, I would still have Truex in first, even though you know, he didn't win at Richmond. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I like that debate. I think that'd be a, that'd be a great debate <laughs> to have. I, listen, I have, I, I, and again, Dustin does a great job with this, but I just don't know how Chase Elliott's not in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, to me, Chase Elliott and, and Brad Keselowski have run better than Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is in there because, you know, Duke and Carolina, they get they get a favorable seed when the tournament comes because mm -hmm. they're Duke and Carolina and Kentucky. Yeah. They get favorable yeah. seeds. <laughs> uh, Kyle Busch is getting a favorable seed. He's, getting, <laughs> he's, he's up there because of his reputation, not because of his results. And, and you know, to me, Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski, they, you know, they have to be ahead of, of Kyle Busch and, and, and even arguably ahead of Kevin Harvick. Harvick's been more consistent, yeah. and 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 so I'm okay with Harvick in there. But I just Chase and, and Keselowski to me have been better than Kyle Busch. And as far as Denny Hamlin and, and Martin Truex, Denny is having an incredible year. If this were 2002, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the problem is it's not. And and you know, I agree with what Denny said after the race. He'd rather be in their, his position than in the position of Alex Bowman, where they consistently are running in the top five. And, you know, you know, Alex only having one win. But the playoffs are going to start one day. Mm -hmm. And you have knocked off all these top fives and had an incredible start of the year. But when the playoffs start, you don't get points for that. Yeah. You get points for wins. You get points for stage wins. So he has, a, he has a lot of stage wins, but no wins. And those points matter. And, you know, I heard, I heard a driver say the other week, he said, Denny Hamlin, he'll have enough points to march right on into, into Phoenix last race of the year. Ask Kevin Harvick how that worked yes. out. Yeah. So, you know, I don't care how you're running in May. You have, to run that, you have to run that well in October and November. And if you don't, no matter, you know, and you don't have enough points to cover you, you you're going to go home. And Denny Hamlin and those guys, although they've been good, 
they've exposed themselves to get knocked out of the playoffs because they haven't won some races that they had the fastest car. How many total winners do you think we end up with by the time <laughs> you get to the end of the season? How do you see this playing out? I mean, you know, we could be looking 14, 15, I think. You know, the real possibility is there. because, And I think the schedule has a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, this weekend, again, we talk about even though – Denny and a few, of course, Denny hasn't won yet, so that could add an O when we talk about yeah. going to Talladega, but there's so many others that you can add into that name, too. And, and when you look at the, the list of drivers that haven't won yet, uh, it's just incredible, plus the road courses that we're going to be going to. Uh, you know, Chase, our defending champion, hasn't won yet. And I was going to talk about that with the power rankings, too. When you look at Hendrick Motorsports and talk about that, you expected Chase's name to kind of be the first one. But what we're seeing, William Byron there in third, which I think is earned and well-deserved that he's up that high. And then his teammate Kyle Larson right there uh, behind him, I believe he's in, in fifth. So uh, a, a good start for them. But I really believe that, that we're looking at a high number win, which means not many people will get in on points. Well, this is this is live TV. Can we put that we put that play board back up there? Because <laughs> yeah. I want the playoff board because I want to look, you know, at the people the people that have a chance to win. Yeah. Like you know, if you look at the board, you look at you look at several people: Chase Elliott, uh, you, uh, uh, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski. Look at this. Yeah, shoot, look is. at this list: Denny yeah. Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Keselowski, Kyle Busch. Right? Yeah. Any of the, none of those would be a surprise, mm-hmm. right? So, so maybe that gives you 13. And then you start looking back, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he, he's a threat in every Speedway yeah. race, yeah. right? You, Kurt Busch, he, he it would, you know, would be a complete surprise for him to win. I don't know. I don't think we'll get to 16, but I think it's a real chance we get to 15 or 14. Uh, you know, there's a big debate now where you get to 17, right? So yeah. somebody yeah. could actually win a race and not, not make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I don't see that happening, but I think I think I agree with you. I think 14 or 15. I mean, just look at the board. I mean, look at who, how many people that are on there that we feel like are real contenders to win races. I love it. Let's get in voice of the fans, if you guys don't mind. Yep. Our good buddy, NASCAR, on the phones with a question. NASCAR, all you. Take it away. Uh, hey, guys. For Jeff and uh, Dale, for what you guys have just been talking about, uh, Harvick not winning, Kozlowski and them, how much, even though it's Talladega, it's a crapshoot, how much will we see maybe some team orders or something to run together for something because, like, a guy like Ricky could win or something like that? For, like, Harvick and that, how much of it – I hate to say team orders, but of this running together, could we see at Talladega? Yeah, they, I mean, you certainly are going to see Ford's working together, uh, Chevrolet's working together, and the few Toyotas that are there. Uh, I think Harrison is probably going to be in there to, to help that, that contingent out uh, with that. But um, you're, you're going to – I don't know that it's team orders. It's more manufacturers that, that are going to work together uh, until, you know, it comes time. And then I think the veterans are going to tell you that when it comes time to win the race, they're going whoever they need to go with. Uh, you take a Kevin Harvick or Brad Keselowski, um, they, they appreciate what Ford Motor Company does for them and for their race teams, but if they have an opportunity to win a race because it means they have to go with a Chevrolet or a Toyota to get themselves in that position, then that's what they're going to do in those last 10 laps of the race. I believe that's the way it is. I know we hear all about these orders and, you know, people saying, you know, it could be your job if you don't do this. Well, my job's to win races. That's why you put me in the car.
I know, I know no one cares, but if you make a move and you hang your manufacturer buddy out to win the race, we got your back. Like, yeah. we, <laughs> we support that because that's what racing's about. But, I, you know, I, I, I think his, his question has an interesting point is, will, will there be as much effort to keep someone from winning as it mm-hmm. is to help someone win, right? Yeah. There is an yeah. opportunity to do that. Yeah. And, and with, with the Fords working together and the Chevys working together and Toyotas working together, how does that come up? The key to all that is if, if everybody's going to work together, you make really good sure that you're the first Ford. <laughs> That's right. Find, find a way to lead that line. That's a nice strategy right there. We'll pick uh, Eric Almarola, his brain. He's coming on the show right after, right after we come back. So we'll get to Eric Almarola right after this. Long history, little victory lane he had at Talladega. Get there next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Well, it is awesome to welcome back a great friend of the show and Eric Almarola. Coming off a big top 10 finish at Richmond. What was working so well for you this past weekend at Richmond? Well, I think it was more important of what didn't go against us. Um, We've had a year of just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And Richmond finally was uh, a weekend where we showed up and everything just went kind of smoothly. Everything on pit road went good. I had good restarts. The car was clean. No, no. No fender benders, no wrecks, no anything. Um, it was just a really solid, smooth day. And, you know, we, we ran where we were capable of running. We, we finished sixth, and, and I felt like, um, you know, at Martinsville, we were same same kind of car. I felt like we could have run fifth to eighth. So uh, Richmond was just a day where everything finally went right for us. So, Eric, we were having a, a conversation here a little bit ago about how certain drivers do well at super speedway races i would consider you to be one of those guys uh so how do you approach this weekend with the success you've had there you know i've thought a lot about it uh since leaving richmond and um i'm still not 100 percent sure what the approach is um you know i think where we're at in points uh doesn't really um uh, you know, set us up to try and point our way into the playoffs. I don't think it would it would be a long shot. We'd have to, you know, knock off a lot of top fives and score a ton of stage points um, to do that. And, you know, I, I just, I don't think we're currently there um, with our cars and, and just everything. So uh, Talladega is an opportunity for us to go and win. We've proven that we can win on speedways, uh, super speedways, and, and Talladega has been a good place for us in the past. But um, we can't win if we're on the record. And so that's one of the things, you know, that's been weighing on my mind this week is, um, you know, do, do I go race or do I play it a little more conservatively and make sure that I have a race car in one piece 
uh, with five laps to go uh, and put myself in position to go win the race. It's it's a hard it's a hard question that to answer for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll weigh the balance right at Talladega as to how do you go about being around there at the end. So with that being said, um, will you wait until Sunday and and talk to your team and and say how we're going to go about this and. Looking at your situation with the points, uh, does this put added pressure on you this weekend to to try to go get that win? Um, you know, I I, I would say Talladega is a place that uh, we always feel like we can go win, and so I don't know that there's more pressure um, this weekend than any other weekend. Um, you know, we, we always look to Talladega as a place that we can go win, not just because it's a super speedway race, but it, because it's a place um, that we have fast race cars and we always find ourselves up front leading laps and in contention to win, just like at Daytona. So um, I, I don't know if there's more pressure, but uh, there's certainly more urgency um, to, to get a win and, you know, get ourselves locked in the playoffs. Um, you know, our situation in points looks pretty dire right now, to, to be very honest. So um, we want to win just more than anything, just so that we can get our, you know, our focus and, and frame of mind right. I mean, right now, we don't know what to think. Um, we're just trying to claw out of this big black hole that we find ourselves in uh, from the start of the season. So uh, trying to get that, you know, turn back around. Richmond was a great way for us to to get the momentum turned back around and, and start having some solid runs going forward so uh talladega sure would be nice to go there and win but uh even if we don't if we could get out of there um yeah, with a good finish and scoring right. a lot of points uh that would that would be a big deal for us too eric as a driver what's unique about walking into talladega that racetrack looking around what's that environment like uh well Pre-pandemic, it's uh, it's a pretty unique environment. Um, you know, just the campers everywhere, people tailgating, uh, cooking out, um, and just you know, a packed house with 150,000 people everywhere. Uh, Talladega Boulevard and, and just everything that encompasses uh, Talladega. It's it's really the the roots of our sport, um, and, and the fans just absolutely love our sport down there. So. Um, it's a it's a great environment. It's an awesome place to race at. I've always enjoyed going down to Talladega, um, but now you know during the pandemic, it's certainly different to see that huge facility um, and and to not see it packed out, to not see campers everywhere, and to not um, to not see campfires going at nighttime and see people grilling out and uh, you know cooking out and stuff. It's a it's a very different environment right now. Derek, I want to go back to something you said just, just a moment ago um, about how it's been hard to even get focused on what to do as a race team because of the start you guys got off to. Take a moment and, and walk the fans through why a bad start, because we've, we've been through it, you know, how a bad start makes it so hard to get the ball moving forward. Yeah, you know, we started Daytona and we went down there and, and won the duel and immediately we're like all right here we go we're off and running with this new season um, and we came into this season with such high hopes after after last season um you know the summer stretch of last year was incredible i think we went on nine top fives in a row so we had a lot of um momentum going into 2021 and just felt like uh, this was going to be a great year for us. And then go down to Daytona and win the duel 
and and feel like all right you know we're, we're off to a great start we've got a great you know race car going into the daytona 500 this could be an opportunity to go win the daytona 500 and then to wreck out on lap 15 of the daytona 500 it just was so deflating and then you you immediately turn your your focus and attention on just bouncing back and we've never been able to bounce back from that time where we've wrecked out of the daytona 500 we've just we've had bad luck i've made mistakes um there's been a, a host of issues and things that have not gone our way uh race strategy calls where we've short pitted and, and the caution come out and trap us a lap or two laps down um you know just everything uh that that could go against us feels like it's gone against us and it just it feels like we're beating our head against the wall every single weekend and uh Richmond finally was an opportunity for us to go and just have a nice, solid, smooth weekend. But it is hard to claw your claw your way out of the hole. And I would say that now, with the situation that we have with no qualifying, it's even harder because that bad finish from last week and being where we're at in points, those two things combined together sets you up for a, an uphill battle the next weekend. You have a terrible you know, starting position. And then, oh, by the way, on top of that, you have a terrible pit selection. So you end up pitted around two competitive race cars um, usually, and, and it makes it harder on pit road for your crew guys as well. Okay, so let's talk about something positive here in that you have tremendous talent at, at these type of racetracks and, and driving this, and you have Doug Yates' horsepower, which I know is a big benefit. Uh, was able to use that a few years myself. Uh, but we saw a couple of years ago the Stuart Haas drivers teamed up and dominated uh, race at Talladega. Is that a possibility this time? No, the the rules package is is so much different now. Uh, the, the cars were way more um, slipstreamed back then. Um, you know, we had a lot less downforce on the car and a lot less drag. Uh, so when you got four cars that were as fast as ours were uh, in 2018, we we were able to not only be really fast, but we handled. Um, and, and I think that's what made the difference for us. We were able to run wide open, and we were really fast for the entire run. Now the cars have so much more downforce and so much more drag on them. We're going a lot slower, um, so the car everybody runs wide open, and so everybody works on trimming their cars out and making them fast, and with that big rear spoiler that we have on there and the wicker, the you can't get away, um, and no matter how, you know, you know, efficient your car is and, and how much uh, drag you get out of your car, you'll have a fast race car, but you won't be able to drive away from the field because the hole that you punch in the air uh, with this rules package is so big and the draft is just so huge um, that the cars just stay really closely packed together. Well, Eric, we really appreciate your time as always and best of luck. Get right back to victory lane there at Talladega. All right. Thank you guys. And uh, appreciate you having me on. It's been a while. I haven't run good enough to be on Motor Mouse. So <laughs> You're welcome we'll anytime. Time. You're welcome yes, anytime. anytime. Yes, good luck, sir. man. Thank you, Eric. What's been the story of, of Eric's year in your mind's eye as you've watched him go through it? Well, the Stuart Haas racing is struggling. I mean, yep. we, we, we know that. that you know, it's, it's obvious that they just don't have the speed that, that they had last year. You, you heard him talk about those, that string of top tens they went on last year. They can't see it right now. And on mm -hmm. top of that, you know, rhythm matters and and when you when 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 a race team gets off to a slow start and they wreck early or they run really really bad it's hard to make really really bad better meaning mm -hmm. 
If, if you run fifth, you can go back and you can say, you know what, I just needed a little more turn right in the middle of the corner. I needed these few little things. When you run 20th, I need all of these things to be better. And how do you fix that as a race team? So when you're behind it, it, and there's that much to gain, it's just an uphill battle. And they just they just don't have the speed they need this year. And it's going to be an uphill battle for a while. It, it, yeah. it's, they're not going to flip a switch and all of a sudden get better. Uh, and, and, and on top of that, Eric said, look, we're so far back in points. Like, we, we're going to have to win. Well, that pressure is immense. That's an immense amount of pressure. Hey, we got to win, and our cars aren't fast enough to run 10th. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to do, do that? How do you do that? Yep. Yeah, I think, that, I think having a couple of, well, sophomore uh, in Cole Custer and then uh, a rookie with Chase Briscoe, that, that's going to make it uh, take a little longer for them to, to gather back. I think the schedule has something to do with it, too. You talk about getting in a rhythm as a driver. I would find this incredibly difficult with no practice, uh, going to these all different type of venues uh, than, than what you're accustomed to. And, and I just believe that's part of it, too, and, and makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked you earlier about what this week's been like for your son. we got Harrison Burton coming on next. I want to talk a little bit about what this week's been like for you as well. We'll take a quick break, come back with Harrison Burton coming up next on Motor Mouse. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know, the thing that kills me about defensive backs is this. I'll run a route. I'll beat you, defensive back. Clearly beat you. The quarterback throws a bad ball. <laughs> and then what do they get up? They do this thing where they, yeah. they, 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 they put their arms on their chest and then they, they cross it out like, no, incomplete. <laughs> it's like, bro, I just whooped your butt. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, yeah. they live out there on an island. They don't get a lot of attention, so they got to make a lot of noise for people to, you know, pay attention to them. So they're the biggest trash talkers. Defense alignment, you know, they, they, they have to make noise because they really think that they're sexy. They think that they're cute. <laughs> defense alignment, they dress like wide receivers. They dress like defense they, uh, uh, and, and wide receivers. It's like, bro, like you're wearing the cleats. Like you're 300 pounds. I can wear these speed cleats. <laughs> you need power cleats. Why do you have your towel the way I have my towel? Like, you look like Deion Sanders. <laughs> You can only take those kind of shots when you're retired. You don't have to worry about getting smacked anymore. Great yeah, good point. point. You hang out, hang out from a microphone these days. Well, it is our great pleasure to welcome in Harrison Burton, Mr. Jeff Burton's son, into the show. And I was just wondering, you're set to make your Cup Series debut this weekend. Why the blaze of Talladega? How did you end up making your debut there? I don't know. Uh, the people uh, higher than me made that decision, and, and I'm thankful for it. I think it's a... Uh, it's a great opportunity when you look at, you know, all the things that go into racing at Talladega. Um, you know, there's a lot of chaos involved. There's a lot of, you know, quick decision making. Um, but I feel like all those things kind of play to my strengths. So I, I feel pretty confident in that. 
Um, I feel like I can learn and, and, and I'm going to have the speed to be able to keep up with the pack. I'm going to have the speed to be able to make moves in the draft. So, um, you know, I feel like my ability to, to make moves is going to be there and, uh, you know, just trying to come out of there with the best finish I can come out with for sure. I'd have to say probably safe to say that it wasn't your mom, Kim, that made that choice uh, for that to be your first cup race. Uh, but that's a safe assumption. I would say for sure. <laughs> hey, that being said, uh, Harrison, have you watched a lot of other – I know you've watched racing all your life, but have you gone back and looked at, at what takes place at Talladega in these cup races and, and something that you might have to do different that doesn't necessarily work on the Xfinity side or that you haven't seen on the Xfinity side? I think the biggest difference is the level aggression of aggression throughout the field. Um, in Xfinity, I'd say the top 15 to 20 guys in the pack – are you know racing hard getting after it side drafting and all that um and cup it's like the top 35 and everyone's getting after it everyone's uh you know the best of the best and and you know some guys are on different strategies or whatever but you know most of the guys out there are, are you know pretty darn hard to beat so um i think getting used to that level of uh aggression of you know of knowledge throughout the field uh, it's going to be really tough, and and I think that's going to be the biggest challenge going from Xfinity to Cup. On top of that, you know, when you look mechanically at the cars, the runs in the Cup cars seem to, you know, I'll tell you after the race, but they seem to come so fast, and they seem to happen so quick that those, you know, split-second decisions that you think are fast decisions to make in Xfinity are really slow compared to Cup. Um, so hopefully after the Cup race, I get in the Xfinity car and everything slows down, and uh, we'll be all right. So Harrison, I got some good news for you. So DJ and I have decided that for you to get done what you need to get done, there's only two things you have to do. What I need you to do is tell me how you're going to do this. So we want okay. you to respect the guys that race there all the time, and we want you, we want you to be real aggressive and take any opportunity you can. So I want to know how you're going to do both of those things. Well, I, I don't know. But I will say that, uh, that I think the guys in Cup will appreciate, you know, me helping create runs, me helping push them, um, me helping, you know, hopefully my Toyota teammates getting linked up and uh, we can roll to the front and I can showcase what I can do to them and, and gain that trust throughout the race. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's like trying to be uh, cautiously aggressive. I think I've heard you say that a couple times, Dad. I don't really understand that either, but uh, I'll try my hardest. Hey, just because I say it doesn't mean I understand it either. Well, I, I've Fair heard enough. that you're that you're Mr. Cool. You know that you're always this cool, calm, collected. How would you though describe the feeling in your gut headed into this weekend? Well, I don't know yet. I I normally get nervous about an hour before a race, you know, and then after that, you know, I get in the car and everything's normal and I'm okay. Um, I feel like this race might be a little different. You know, I'm already kind of thinking about it a little bit more and already kind of. Um, yeah, I can see myself getting a little more nervous going into this race for sure. I mean, you know, you, I don't want to, I, you know, I grew up around this, the cup series. I grew up around a lot of the guys that are in that series. And I always, mm -hmm. I think so much of them, you know, I think they're the best drivers in the entire world. I think NASCAR cup series is the pinnacle, right? And so, uh, for me to be involved in that, for me to be racing those guys, is pretty awesome. And, uh, hopefully I can take it to them a little bit. What about the difference in, in a 300-mile race versus a 500-mile race? How are, you, how are you preparing for that difference in time in the car? 
Well, I, I work out pretty hard as it is, you know, for the Xfinity Series, as you know, Dad. I always call you and complain about how sore my legs are and whatnot. But um, my uh, my, I think my intensity in the gym has picked up. You know, I've been able to kind of, you know, look towards a goal and understand. Gosh, I have to run 500 miles, and now it feels like it's happening right now. So I got to go get after it and. Um, and I think, you know, even though you're in the gym doing things, I think the intensity picks up when there's something like that coming around the corner and you have to be ready for it. And uh, I think that's been a positive thing for me just to have a goal to look forward to, you know, and, and something physically that's going to be tough, especially if we get rain on Saturday, which it's forecasting that. I don't know what the schedule will be. Um, if we rain the Xfinity race out, I could be doing, you know, 800 miles in one day. Uh, it's a long day. So, um you know, trying to figure that out and, and trying to manage that will be really tough. A lot of hydration is the key. So, Harrison, what was the first question that you wanted to ask your dad about Talladega in particular? Well, I think the first questions I had for my dad were more about the cup guys in general, right? Like how, how great from the outside, I'm like, holy cow, they're wrecking every single lap. Uh, they're out of control. And my dad said, yep, that's pretty much how it is. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's something that's, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, I guess, but, you know, for Talladega in particular, I think my dad was always really good at making decisions, um, and really good at, at trying to calculate risk first reward. And, um, and I think I've tried to learn that from him throughout the years. And, uh, I tend to ask him questions more about broad, you know, decision-making than I do about, um, you know, what, what move to make when exactly. Harrison, something you said a while ago about uh, looking at it, and, and I think it is quite obvious that the runs and the, the cup cars are, are quite uh, a bit quicker and faster. Holes close up quicker. So uh, that's going to put a, a lot on you looking, but uh, as much on your spot. Are you comfortable with making those decisions quickly off of what he's telling you? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the biggest thing in racing is having, you know, an experienced spotter, someone that you can lean on and, and, uh, and, and trust, and, you know, I feel that way about most, you know, I'm really lucky to work with great people, whether it's at JGR, or now at Gaunt Brothers Racing. Um, you know, I feel confident that the people I'm around have the, you know, more experience than me in most cases. And, uh, you know, I'm able to kind of capitalize on that and trust those guys. And, um, you know, with a brand new team, there's a lot of learning around the corner. Um, in one race, you have to figure out all this stuff uh, pretty quickly. So, um, it'll be a challenge for sure, but but I think the biggest thing is just you know having that trust and um, until otherwise until proven otherwise, right? I think you can't go into it hesitating. <laughs> if you do, you'll probably cause more crashes than if you didn't. You know, if you didn't. Yeah, well, Harrison, I'm new here too, but I'm, I'm learning that we work the phones pretty well here on Motor Mouse. We have another <laughs> question coming in from a fan on the phone. This is Raymond with a question for you. Hey, Harrison, how you guys doing? Hey, man, how are you? Doing well. So how did you and your father convince your mother, Kim, to let you make your debut in Talladega? And was she seated when you broke her the news? Well, I, uh, I, my mom is a nervous person, uh, probably the most nervous person in the garage when I race. But she's not really ever the person to not tell me to do it, right? She's going to be jumping and screaming and hollering whenever i'm out there that's for sure um 
just she always believes in me it seems like right up until the point that I have to actually do it so she didn't really hesitate too much she's a little nervous I think now more than I am at least that's for sure um and and that's always uh, trouble. We got a, a nervous mom on our hands. That's a that's a long day in the office. <laughs> All of you above through there. <laughs> you know what, Jack? I'm staying out of that. <laughs> Harrison, best of luck this weekend, man. You're gonna absolutely kill it. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Go kick some butt. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. And uh, sorry you guys have to work with my dad. That must be tough. <laughs> oh, he's great. Good luck, buddy. Good luck to you. Thank you. So, so I asked you earlier about how he was feeling. How are you feeling, Dad, now that it's race week and we're getting to Wednesday? Well, listen, I, I guess I told you when the show started, I was always nervous, you know, going to Talladega. I just was because anything can happen. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, if you're going to – if this is what you want to do, this is what you decide you want to do, you can't, get, you can't get away with out running there. And, and so, you know, it's part of our sport. It is, it is, it is the most difficult thing to watch. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't envy, you know, moms that, and, and wives that have watched this through the years. Um, but it's part of our sport. And, and if, if you don't want to do it, then you know what? You need to go do something else. And, and so that's how I view it is, is you know, Harrison uh, wants to make a, try to make a living doing this. He works hard, puts 100% effort into it, doesn't take it casually, doesn't take it lightly. And this is a great opportunity that was presented to him. I mean, how do you say no? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's part of it, and what you have to do. And I think as competitors, we know, you know, we talked about, you know, what it was like the the morning of, and and what you're thinking of yeah. there. But I, I didn't realize I I didn't go back and watch a lot of races whenever I was competing, uh, especially Daytona and Talladega. You just didn't go go look at it, you know. And yeah. but whenever I retired and, and got into this side of it and started to call, I remember going to Talladega for the first time. I thought. Have these guys gone crazy in the the few months since I was in a race car? Because there's no way that we were doing everything that they're out there doing. But that we obviously were. Uh, but it, so it looks so much different from this side than when you're actually in there competing. You, you'll be nervous, but once it takes, once you get in there, it's like, oh man, how do I get to the front? How am I going to win this race? And uh, you know, your instincts take over. It's great. I think about Harrison being 20 years old. I didn't drive a race car till I was 20 years old. So mm-hmm. for him to be in this position, I think it's great. He's got such a bright future ahead of him. He doesn't seem like a 20-year-old either, does he? No, he's got some right. maturity about the way he carries himself. Let's go back I can to the tell you some, I can tell yeah, you some things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about all that just yet. Back to the phones. Marvin with a question. Marvin, all you. Take it away. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jeff. And hey, hey Dale. How you doing, guys? Doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Hey, I got a question for you guys for this weekend. The Xfinity boys are going to be racing at Talladega Super Speedway, and I want to know from you three guys, what surprise winner do you see winning the Xfinity race on Saturday? Gosh, I hate to. Uh, you know, uh, I got a little confused at Daytona because the Chevrolets have been so fast in the Xfinity races the last several years, but they didn't have that speed this race. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there was a rule change, if something yeah. happened, but in that series. Uh, you just expected to see those Chevys just dominate, and they didn't. Yeah, they had good speed, but not as the speed that we saw in the past. And I think that mixes the field up some. I mm-hmm. think that gives more people an opportunity. I don't, you know, I don't want to say he's a surprise winner, but you know, when I think about a guy that has a lot of experience, that that runs Xfinity, runs trucks, has Cup experience, Brett Moffitt. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that 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 you know is very talented, a really good race car driver. He's a guy that. 
probably doesn't quite have the equipment yet. That company doesn't quite have the equipment to go to Charlotte and win that race. Mm -hmm. But you go somewhere like Daytona and Talladega, I think they do. Yeah, I think about a, a driver that has put a lot in this for he and his family, that this is an opportunity they look forward to. And he won at, at Road America a couple of years ago. Jeremy Clements, uh, oh, you know, yeah. they, it's just family organization, and they do such a great job, and he's such a good driver. He, he puts himself in that position, and, uh, you know, someone like that could, could jump in there. I think about him, a, a young winner already this year, Myatt Snyder, is another good plate right or uh, a restrictor plate. I call it restrictor plate yeah. still, but, but super speedway racer that could, could jump up there and grab another win. So you have to look at people like that with an opportunity. There's potential for rain in the forecast Saturday, right? So that means Harrison could race about a couple million laps on Sunday. I, I'm going to take Harrison Burton in that, the Xfinity race. How about that? And then he got yeah. the Cup Series debut right on the tail end of that. There's big news today out of Indianapolis as well. I want to fill you guys in on this when we come back. Relates to fans and finally a little bit of good news swinging right. around. We'll be right back on Motor Mouse. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Racetracks like this are a very special place, especially for a competitor. All too much, though, for the last year, we've seen these stands be empty at these races. We've got to get back to something that's a lot more of our normal situation to where we have thousands upon thousands watching these races from the grandstands. They're with your friends, with your family, enjoying this time. How do we go about getting back to that situation? Getting the vaccine. I've done my part. I did the research. I talked with my family. It was some very tough conversations that I had with my family, but I had it done. I know this is the way to get back to a much more normal life, enjoying it to where we can have fans in these stands once again, enjoying what these drivers do as they perform a show and try to win the race. Ever since I was a kid, I drifted in. Sure, you can't hear it as a driver when you're inside of there, but when you make that pass for the lead and you're trying to win the race, you know what's going on in that grandstand. And there's not a better feeling at the end of a long day to get out as the winner and have those fans cheering you He's going to make it. Dale Jarrett's going to win the Daytona 500. I won the Daytona 500 with my family and friends there. There wasn't a better feeling in my life. Super job there, Dale. I tell you, I'm really proud of you. You, you did just exactly what you had to do, like I told you, right? That's right, exactly <laughs> like you told me all along, Dad. So do your part. It's safe, it's effective, and it's easy to get. Great job with that. Appreciate you doing that. We'll never take a full packed house for granted ever again. Yeah, exactly. That's for darn sure. And there's already good news starting to come back as the Indy 500. They're going to have 40% capacity. Listen to this number. 135,000 people. That's what 40% capacity is. It's going to be great to have the fans back in the stands. Oh, my goodness. It, you know, it, 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 listen, racing's not the same without fans there. Yeah. It's just not. It, 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 there's a The fans bring an enthusiasm, an, a, a spirit, an environment 
that it's just not the same. I mean, it just plain and simple isn't. I, I, uh, I'd be so glad when we see these grandstands full again. Great news. Like you said, <laughs> over 130,000 people Crazy, at 40%. Yeah. But, you know, this sport is built around fans. And, and we just can't wait to the day where we can just say, you know what, come on. Let's, everybody that wants to come, come. Yeah, you know, we find we we found out now things that we just took for granted. You know, yeah. we we all of our life we've been at racetracks and, and the grandstands were were packed and and to go to Indianapolis last year as we started our coverage uh, and I was there with Mike Tirico and but there was no one else around. It was incredible just how what an empty feeling that was. And I felt bad for these drivers when they win and you you're just getting out of your car and you don't have those accolades from the fans there it's just it's what we do yeah we race for ourselves and want to get trophies but you know it's putting on a show out there and uh, it's going to be great to have them back that that was great news to see today amen to that let's let's welcome in our very own parker kligerman who joins us right now knows all about victory lane at talladega what does it take to put together a successful run there parker Oh, Talladega, uh, a lot of luck, as I'm sure you guys have gotten into. Those two there know that, of course. Uh, super Speedway Racing always takes a lot of luck, but I think it also, you know, one of the big things of super, super Speedway Racing is just putting yourself in position. Like, that is the hardest thing, and what you do for 90% of the race is just try to learn, find the different, you know, ways that things are drafting, the, the tempo of the race, the way others are racing, to put yourself in position to be able to make that late move or to be in position to, you know, block that late move that gets you into victory lane at Super Speedway. So that's always that way. And I think you guys, you know, were just alluding to fans. I mean, that is great news about the Indy 500 because, guys, I've been to that race uh, when it was packed full, and there is no atmosphere in the Mm. world quite like that race uh, with that many fans. And just when you look down that straightaway and it's wall-to-wall people, it's an incredible feeling. I I know it won't quite be like that, but... It does. Uh, it brings a lot of warmth to my heart to you know hear that fans are coming back to the racetrack. And as DJ said, it's not the same without them. So we need to get them back. So, so Parker, you, you uh, let me give you a little advice quickly. Is that when you've won mm-hmm. twice somewhere, you don't call it luck. That's not. That's not <laughs> self promoting. So. That's a great point. Okay. I got to work on that. Thanks yes, for being my agent. Uh, yeah. Hey man, I'm here for you. So so, but seriously, you talked about what how you won those races. Who do you think in the cup level, who do you think Talladega best suits, you know, for their driving skill and the way they think about driving a race car? Man, you know, it's funny. It it goes in spurts, right? And I think you guys have seen this. You know, maybe six years ago, I would have said Brad Keselowski. He was one of the best at super speed racing at the time for whatever that current generation was. His homework, his work ethic for it just suited the, the level of racing. He was so successful. And then it sort of shifted, right? It was a bit of an open period of time there. And then I would say... Joe Logano showed up, right? He was very much a force to be reckoned with and someone that you knew late in the race was somehow going to be right there. And right now, we're going through the Denny Hamlin phase, right? Denny Hamlin is unbelievable, especially at Daytona, at Super Speedway, to putting himself in position, whether it's, you know, when you have where you're on it at Super Speedway Racing and your confidence level is so high, you just make moves like he did where he hung out the back for the entire time and then finds himself right here going to win the race. It's like, how do you, you know, you just make those right moves. You sense the races so well. Your confidence is so high. I think Denny Hamlin is absolutely probably, you know, the top-notch uh, super speedway racer right now. 
So, Parker, we were talking earlier when you brought up about this. Like, kind of goes with that. We all we, we kind of decided that it seemed like the guys that were the luckiest were also kind of the best at doing that type of racing. Uh, seemed like they they kind of made their luck in putting themselves in that position. So, uh, I think you fall in that category, being very good. So, with that, we just were talking with Harrison Burton making his first. Uh, cup start at Talladega this weekend. Uh, what would advice would you give him going into that race? It's so funny. I wanted to ask Jeff this because I want to know what he was given, what kind of advice he's given him. Because <laughs> I can tell you that I I said it two years ago. It's the last Cup race I did at Super Speedway was Talladega 2019 October. And after that race, I got out. And we had we were up front towards the end and just got wrecked right at the last straight away. And I said, nothing prepares you for a cup racing at a super speedway. And the reason is, you know, it, it's the best of the best finding a way to wreck 40 times per lap, but not actually go all the way through with the wrecking. And what I mean by that is every lap, there is a moments that you see multiple times through a corner. You go, all right, we're all wrecked, but it doesn't happen because it's 40 of the best drivers in the world racing inches apart and finding a way to not wreck. And so with that comes, you know, one of the toughest forms of super speedway racing is just cup racing because of the competition level. So Jeff, I'm curious, have you, have you tried to scare him in that sense? Being like, yeah, you've got, you've done well in Xfinity, but now you're going to the big dogs or is it more like, oh, they're going to treat you fine and you'll, you'll experience it yourself. Well, so DJ and I, what we told him earlier was that we expected him to respect the people that, or they're already racing, but to take every opportunity to beat them. So we, the question is, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do those two things together? Uh, you know, that's. But but really, I mean, if you you know, it's it's, you know, Parker, you can't just ride around and have you know and have yeah. the kind of day. Like if you just ride around, you're not going to learn anything, no. right? If if yeah. you if you literally just go say, okay, I'm going to ride around versus race, then you leave there and you might finish fifteenth because there's a big wreck in front of you. But what did you learn, right? And I think I think. I mean, you know, your first cup race, go back and think, right, like how much you learned in that race. And I think that that's, the, that's what this is about, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, I like that. That's an interesting question. Like, Parker, what do you remember about your first race at Talladega? Ooh, first one, I don't, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I think it's the, it's just the, the, the level of bump drafting. And I, I think the, the reason being is that, you know, if you do it in trucks or you do it in Xfinity, you might have 10 or 12 drivers and cars that are super good level, maybe 15, but that are really top notch of understanding the draft, how to bump draft, how to use momentum, the, you know, reading the races, reading the different lines and doing it at a top notch level. When you get to the cup series, what astonished me was you could be running 35th and the, the level of understanding what's happening in the draft and the bump drafting, and especially as you get late in the race, is just unbelievable. So, you know, you suddenly are, you know, you feel like you can, as you put it, you can't ride because you won't learn anything, but you're just thrown into the absolute deep end of the best skill levels in the world at super speed racing. And you guys, you know, Jeff, you said, don't call it luck. It's funny that we, you know, we talk about super speedway racing being about luck, but then there is those drivers that just rise to the occasion more often than not. Right. And it's mm -hmm. because they have a confidence levels because they just see and read these races better than others. Well, Parker, we really appreciate you taking some time with us today. Enjoy the races this weekend. Thank you, guys. Good luck to Harrison, Jeff, and good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, bud. So with, with just a few minutes remaining, fellas,
Who do you like this week, and who's your favorite pick? We'll start with you, Dale. Oh, gosh. I, you know, when you talk about that, he just pointed out, you got to look at Denny Hamlin and uh, Joey Logano are, are the two that, that I'd say you look at. Ryan Blaney's found himself in position there all the time, too. So. I just let him answer for me. They were, my, they were my top three. Like He took my top three. That's exactly the order I was going to go in. I, I like that top three. Blaney's always there at the end of the race, seems like, with a yeah. chance to win a lot of these things. He'll have a shot again Sunday. Well, fellas, I, I appreciate you guys teaching me and guiding me along the way. This new sport, jumping into this thing, it's like every single time I just learn something new, something new, something new. There's so many great characters in this sport, and I feel like we're in the first quarter. Can't wait to play the entire game. I really <laughs> appreciate all this, guys. That's it for Motor Mouse. Take care. Got you guys soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.